Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Happy Tuesday. Welcome. 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 It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. Glad you guys are here. A beautiful day in the city of Chicago. Sun is shining into the score studios. Feels good, man. So hopefully while you're on your way home, it's not killing you in your eyes. I always remembered my dad picking me up from Lane Tech after basketball basketball practice. We'd end a little early. And then I'd be driving westbound down, like, Belmont. And you'd always see the sun in your eye, and it'd kill you every single time. And I used to hate it because I'd be trying to take a nap. I'm tired. So everybody that's driving westbound right now, uh, I feel for your eyes. But you know what? I don't feel bad for your ears because you get to listen to me all the way up until Cubs baseball. Cubs, take, Cubs taking on the uh, Oakland A's today. Game starts at 840 on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network as the Cubs – continue their road trip. All right, so uh, we're going to start the show the way we always do. I call it the trifecta. You know, throughout the day, I have a lot of sports thoughts. Sometimes it annoys my wife because I'm always running by her. But ultimately, the top three, the cream of the crop, rise up, and then I get to share them with you guys. So let's go ahead and start this thing off. Number three. Number three on the trifecta today is the Draymond Green, DeMontis Sabonis. I don't want to call it an altercation, but incident last night. Of course, the Sacramento Kings took a 2-0 lead over the Golden State Warriors. And Draymond Green, if you did, it's 2023, probably saw the clip, right? A little, I don't know, they start wrestling a little bit. DeMontis falls to the floor. It looks like he grabs his leg, kind of, sort of, like his ankle, like he was doing a, a leg lock in UFC. And then his foot gets free, and then Draymond proceeds to step onto DeMontis Sabonis' ribcage, and he you know, gets injured, he gets ejected from the game, the whole nine. So in my group chats, everybody was like, DeMontis should have got ejected as well. You see Shaq come out and say, hey, I would have done the same thing had that been me. Dame Lillard said that he didn't see anything wrong with the incident. And I'm thinking to myself, am I in bizarro land? Are we not going to take into account who Draymond Green is as a player? He's a dirty guy. We've seen it multiple times over. It's like Grayson Allen, Draymond Green. And so if you watch the play, I mean, come on. If there was VAR like there is in soccer and you were looking at intention, you could, I mean, you can you make up a story and say, oh, dude, I was just trying. Yeah, yeah, you could do that if you're a liar and a snake. But the reality is he could have avoided that. You can avoid stepping on a human being. You can 
even if you're falling down, you fall gracefully to the side. Anything other than stepping on somebody in their chest. So I don't know if you've seen it. I thought immediately he would get suspended. I'm like, oh, he's going to get suspended for this. But from the narratives that are surrounding, you know, some of the 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 movers and shakers in the NBA space, seems like he's not going to get suspended, which is absolutely crazy to me. Uh, but I get it. It's the playoffs. Golden State Warriors are down 2-0 to a team that has about 18 people in their city. So I can I can see where you'd want a Golden State team to kind of move on in advance. But hey, Darren Fox, Kevin Herter. One, somebody that I'm really disappointed in is Keegan Murray, former Iowa Hawkeye. Dude's killing it. I just realized. I looked inside my soul, something I do often, and it's because I lost money gambling on Keegan Murray yesterday. He played 16 minutes. I get it. You don't want to play the guy too well, but they have a good team, good makeup. I thought they were going to be like the Bulls of the Derrick Rose era where like they'd win a bunch of games, finish high in the standings, and then crap out in the playoffs. But to take a 2-0 lead versus the Golden State Warriors is extremely impressive and I think we'll be watching closely whether or not Draymond Green gets suspended uh, for game three but I don't know I think he should it was a dirty move and BTW DeMontis Sabonis is a dog like I've always liked him when he was on the Pacers he always killed the Bulls I thought the Bulls should have went after him heavily uh, but he ended up in Sacramento seems like he likes it there he likes the the makeup of of the team with Darren Fox and the coach and whatnot so uh, shout out to the Kings man I love a good Cinderella story hopefully they can keep it up It would mean a ton to the organization, to the city, to the fan base if they were to knock out uh, a team that shares a state with them in the Golden State Warriors. All right, that's my number three, ladies and gentlemen. Number two. Number two story inside the trifecta here on 670. The score It has to do with the NBA and their new guidelines for the NBA draft. Obviously, um, the lottery is going to be taking place in a little bit. Draft itself not taking place for a while. And this won't even be implemented until next year. But the NBA is banning players from being drafted if they skip the draft combine. Now, we know it's happened at Moody before. Sometimes you see, like, just, you know, in Chicago area. But it seems, that seems odd to me. Like, when you think about the NFL combine, players that skip that, People have skipped the NBA draft before, especially if you're a highly touted number one, number two pick. No reason for you to go there. But the NBA is taking a hard line against uh, this whole thing and whether or not a player should be at the combine itself. And it's more it has everything to do with the medicals. So what they're saying is that in the past, players have avoided the draft combine so that that way they can kind of dissuade a team from taking them early on because of the uh, a lack of understanding with what's going on with their medicals. But now they're like, nah, Papa, we're not doing that. You want to come to this combine? We need to see everything. They want to know their medical history, the biomechanical and functional movement testing, strength and agility testing, shooting drills, performance testing, anthropometric measurements, and, of course, five-on-five drills because they want to see how they operate amongst some of the best players that are going to be in the draft. I, I mean, I get it. It's something that you want. I'm just surprised that the NBA Players Association went along with something like this. It just seems so odd to me, especially if you were listening to the show yesterday. I talked about the rules for the voluntary offseason program in the NFL, and it was like players can't be in the building for more than four hours. They can't be on the on the field for more than 90 minutes. It's like they can't be working for more than four days a week. That's a stark contrast from the NBA banning players from being at the draft the combine and, and not allowing them to be drafted if they're not there. That, that, that says a lot for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nerding out a little bit too much. But, again, these are the stories that are in my mind as I'm operating. And could you imagine me telling my wife this? Babe, can you believe they're ban- going to ban players from being drafted if they skip the combine? And she's just, 
the less she pays attention to me, the more I know it needs to be said on 670 The Score during my show. That's how I kind of, you know, analyze everything there. All right, last one. Let's go. Number one. So this one's actually pretty cool, and it's something that can benefit you. You're a Bears fan. You love the team. You like gambling, not necessarily with your money, but, you know, sometimes with your life. Giggity. And the Bears are doing something cool. ChicagoBears.com slash prediction. That's the website you can go to. This contest ends April 28th at 3 p.m. You can have five entries per person. And what it is, essentially, what you're predicting is the Bears' schedule. And if you pick this correctly, if you're like the person that does it correctly, you got to pick all 18 games, or excuse me, all 17 games, including the bye week, so 18 weeks worth of predictions. And fans who guess correctly, this is from the Chicago Bears, fans who guess uh, the opponents correctly will get, uh, let's see, they'll, they'll have a chance to win two tickets to every Bears regular season home game and away game. Did you just hear that? You can win tickets to every game and away game. Um, and you also get this. This is really cool. This is what I'm talking about. As I said, this is the trifecta. These are my stories. Two round-trip United Airlines flights and hotel accommodations to each road game. And they're going to give you $500 spending cash for each regular season road game as well. Think about that for a second. If you just guess correctly, but you only get five entries. If you guess correctly, you get tickets to every single game, flights, hotel to every single away game, and $500. Now, Listen, I've been to radio for a very long time. The cash that they're giving you low-key is to pay the taxes on everything that you win. But they call it cash consideration so you can do something else with it. But it's really up to you. And But what you should be doing is saving that for the taxes because you're going to get a nice little 1099 at the end of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work at H&R Block for a long time. I did my parents' taxes yesterday, too, by the way. Uh, but what a cool prize, right? Um, the Bears are going to be hosting the Lions, the Packers, the Vikings, of course. The Falcons. The Panthers, that's going to be an interesting game. The Broncos, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. It's a nice little slate there. And then they're going to visit, uh, get on the road, of course, NFC North, Lions, Packers, Vikings, but they're going to head out down south to go visit the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Chiefs, which that game they're saying might be in Germany. How are they going to do that? Are they going to fly you to Germany if that ends up happening and Bears end up taking on the Chiefs there? Either way, Chargers, Commanders, and the Browns. So if you're trying to plan your – I think the schedule comes out in May. So, again – ChicagoBears.com slash prediction if you want to win tickets to every single game. I just think that's pretty awesome. All right, there goes your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler Farringo, I got to get you the outro for that. I'm going to hook you up, bro. I got you. I got you. Tyler, doing a great job. Did you did you dye your hair? No, no I didn't, actually. <laughs> it's a, It looks a little Auburnish to me. I don't know. Like for some reason, when the weather gets warmer and the sun's out, it looks a little more blonde compared to like my yeah. natural brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I peeped it and I didn't want to say anything and you know give you some crap, but I figured what better place to do it than on the air so people can hear your hair, hear about your hair. <laughs> uh, but that's good to know. All right, you're one of those. You're one of those people. Uh, either way, uh, Tyler Farron, Goss, super producer today, holding me down uh, for the show as we again lead you, we lead you into a Cubs baseball kicks off at eight forty pregame eight oh five. Zach Zayman got you on that, and I'll be leading you up. Uh, right until that moment. So make sure you hang out with me on your ride home or if you're listening on the Odyssey app. Shout out to everybody that downloaded that thing. Again, a ton of cool stuff on the Odyssey app. Uh, I'll be doing a bunch of go lives and studio lives from there during Cubs programming. So while the Cubs game is on, you get some counter programming to hear about the Bears, with the draft coming up, uh, even some Bulls moves if those happen to be made uh, in the next couple of months. So shout out to everybody that uh, downloaded that Odyssey app. And of course, always. Got a shout-out to my HD2 crew, people that are listening on 104.3 HD2 as we're coming in 
loud and clear. All right, so, you know, speaking of the Bears, Brad Biggs, Biggs time. I love that cut. He was on with Mully and Haw earlier. And, you know, obviously the one of the stories that have been dominating the news cycle for the Chicago Bears has been the supposed trade down with the Steelers. Of course, they're, they, what was initially assumed that they would uh, take an offensive tackle at that number nine slot if they were to trade with the Chicago Bears has been rumored now that it's like Jalen Carter. That's who they're really seeking out if that, that becomes available. Um, so Brad Biggs talked about, you know, whether or not those trade rumors, was there any validity to them? Well, if the Bears went from 9 to 17, they could, you know, that, that's a move where you're probably getting pretty decent compensation. Maybe you're getting that uh, the missing Chase Claypool back, Claypool pick back, number 32, right? And, and obviously there would be more involved. Um, so that would be interesting, although then you've got, a uh, 14 loss football team with its first draft pick coming uh, at number 17. Uh, every, as everybody knows, you start talking about the second half of round one and it's the, the hit factor isn't as great as you would, uh, you might imagine, or you might hope for uh, in terms of Carter. Yeah. I mean, if he checks the boxes for them at Hallis hall, you've got to take a long, hard look at it especially considering the scheme. Uh, the I love what he said there. I mean, listen, I've been talking about this with my friends all day, and I hope you guys are having the same conversation. You know, you cannot go from the number one pick in the draft to a position where you are not drafting an impact player. To me, that is the beginning and the end of the conversation right there. That you can't tell me I had the number one, had the option to do some things, and all of a sudden I got the 20th pick or 17th pick. You know, I keep trading down, and then I got, you know, no shade at, like, you know, some of the players or the, you know, like a, like a Vanesh or something like that. Like, no shade at those guys. But it has to be – there has to be an impact player taken in the first round. Somebody that you can – whose name is being called throughout the game. Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, and I, we do the post game on Fox 32. And every single week I'd be like, yo, they are not saying anyone's name on the defense. Nobody's making plays, right? And so you need someone like that, someone that you can call out consistently if you're going to be in that position. And I think that, you know, if the Bears are to move from the ninth spot, they better be taking someone, again, that can be that impact player, that, that game wrecker. Um, Brad Biggs also went on uh, to talk about how the Bears can fix their offensive line. Well, we're going to have to wait until after the draft. Do they, okay. do they go out and get a, do they go out and get a, a left tackle? Is the guy... They draft uh, a player that they're going to earmark for right tackle. Do they draft a center? And is it a guy who could potentially challenge for uh, a starting role in year one? Or is it a guy that you uh, look to be developed behind Cody Whitehair? Right now, you know, in the, in the offseason, voluntary offseason program started yesterday. There's no football stuff on the field this early. So, it's not like they're even going out there and lining up and walking through paces uh, or anything like that. Right now, it sounds like white hair at center. Um, Nate Davis primarily played right guard in Tennessee. I guess they want him to play uh, right guard for them. So, so Jenkins would slide over to left guard. And um, I, I just, I don't see them putting him back out of tackle. Uh, he had success playing the guard position uh, I think you try to build off of that 
and and see where he can get. And you hope that um, he can show much more durability uh, this coming season. So where Braxton Jones ends up, uh, that's going to be defined by uh, what. And that's been the biggest question. Where does Braxton Jones end up with this whole thing? If the Bears take an offensive lineman at number nine or take someone in the, you know, in the teens, is that going to be someone that they plug in immediately to that left tackle position? And that's something that we're going to be watching closely. Of course, the draft takes place next Thursday, April 27th. I can't. I I usually look forward to like playoffs, big games against big opponents, but this particular NFL draft got me hyped up. Like in a different way cuz I'm just curious as to the direction of the Chicago Bears. And of course, that begins next week Thursday. We have a ton of coverage here on 670. The score, of course, Mark Grody's going to be all over it. Uh, he and Hub Arkish, along with myself, we're going to be doing a draft special that Saturday after the first two days. I mean, there's just a ton, but this is the place right here, 670 to score, where you can get everything that you need. All right, uh, we're going to continue the Chicago Bears conversation. Of course, I've been, again, just all over this draft. I feel like we're not giving giving it enough attention. People feel like they're, they, they, they are inundated with information, but I say no. There can always be more. And our guy, Matt Miller, uh, is going to be hanging out with us next. Of course, he's a draft analyst and insider. And I'm curious what he thinks is the furthest the Chicago Bears can move down. If not nine, what is the the furthest down that ladder they can go uh, without uh, having an impact player? Uh, we'll have him answer that question on the other side. Make sure you're here for it. Matt Miller joins the show after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a sunny, sunny Tuesday in a beautiful city of Chicago on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. The NFL Draft is nine days away. Anthony Heron and I will be hanging out here on 670 The Score tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. We're going to be talking NFL Draft extensively as well. You know, it's it's good to have, uh, you know, a former NFLer telling you some things. Of course, Anthony Heron and I, uh, you know, we do Fox as well. He does the real stuff, you know, on Fox 32. I just do the post game. Uh, but it'll be good to hang out with my guy, Ant. Make sure you guys are hanging out with us tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. right here on 670 The Score. Right now, we get to talk to an actual expert. And this is good because... I have questions just like everybody else. And I'm tired of talking to my friends in a group chat and hearing idiots tell me what they think the Bears should be doing. I'd rather talk to an actual expert about this. So right now, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. As mentioned, uh, he is ESPN's NFL draft analyst and insider. 
Uh, we are talking about none other than our friend here at 670 The Score, Matt Miller. Matt, how's it going? It's going well, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. I appreciate you. Give me some of your time. I'll just jump right in, Matt. You know, I read your article earlier today about, you know, the draft's strengths and weaknesses. And one of the weaknesses that you pointed out was defensive line. So does that mean does that mean the Bears should be looking to snag a top talent at that position at number nine as opposed to an offensive lineman, what a lot of people are are out there uh, having rumblings that they might do? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely, I would say, on the table. And it's so important to look at the draft as a whole and not just, okay, we need this position, we'll draft that position, because sometimes those guys aren't there. You can't just make up prospects, right? So I think at nine, if you need an impact defensive tackle, if, if Ryan, if the Ryans have said, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a situation where we have to get a three technique. If Matt Eberflus says, guys, I need my DeForest Buckner. I need that type player. And Jalen Carter's there. You draft him at nine. After Jalen Carter, I don't, like you don't draft Kalasha Kansi from Pitt at nine. Uh, you don't draft Brian Berthier from Clemson at nine. So I think it's one of those situations where, yes, we can say draft a D tackle in the first round because it's a weak class, but don't reach for value. I think that's where teams get in trouble. So if I'm the Bears, I'm looking at, okay, we could go offensive tackle, depending on what happens. Uh, we could go defensive end, which is a pretty good group. You know, even if Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are off the board, Miles Murphy from Clemson, Nolan Smith, a little bit of a smaller pass rusher from Georgia, you're going to have good options there at nine. But so much of what Ryan Poles decides to do is going to be dictated on how many of those dang quarterbacks go in the first eight picks. <laughs> well, I saw one of your uh, one of your favorites that you like to watch the draft uh, with said that that might not even be the case where, you know, you're seeing the Texans kind of, which is odd to me, right? I mean, I know you f- might fall in love with a quarterback, but you still need a quarterback if you're the Texans. And I, I can't even imagine a scenario where they trade down from number two, but you're hearing things like that. Is that, is that what, something that you feel – could really be a possibility, or do you think that's just smoke and mirrors, Matt? It's being said. I know that. Now, could it be the biggest and best executed smoke screen in a long time? <laughs> Absolutely. But here's the thing. We know the Carolina Panthers are going to take the quarterback, and we're pretty sure they're going to take Bryce Young. If you're the Houston Texans at two, who are you trying to fool? Who's your smoke screen for? Right. You know, like, what What are you doing? Because you don't. you don't need to do that. So that's what gets interesting to me is, you don't have to do that. You are on the clock. You don't have to put out a smoke screen unless you want to trade that pick. And, and so I think that's what makes things really interesting with Houston at two is, well, who are you trying to lie to? Um, otherwise, you know, we have Nick Casario in a press conference say, we're open for business. You know, we're, we're taking calls. We're willing to do that. Uh, so why are you saying those things if there's not some truth to the fact that they might pass on a quarterback at two And I'll throw this out there. Adam Schefter, rarely wrong when it comes to NFL information. Mm. I mean, rarely wrong. And he has said repeatedly he does not think the Texans are locked into taking a quarterback at two. So that makes me feel better about the things I'm hearing when he's hearing the same thing. Yeah, we're talking to Matt Miller, uh, NFL draft expert here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. I'm going to live in that space for a second, Matt, because I'm thinking to myself, well, is it because – your your graded grading value on those quarterbacks the th- next three let's just say right they're they're not the same so if somebody does want a CJ Stroud maybe the Texans are okay then taking a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at four if the Indianapolis Colts want to come up and and, and get them uh, but but again I just I I, I can't I, and to Schefter's point like I can't even imagine a scenario where these teams they right? need yeah. a quarterback right 
it's really, really hard, man, to actually write the words Will Anderson next to the Houston Texans because they have Davis Mills and Case Keenum. So logically, we are all sitting here like, no, 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 they won't pass on a quarterback. There's no way. But maybe, I mean, like, so it's so hard to wrestle with the logic of they need a quarterback. They could have their pick of the second best quarterback in the draft. And then what you hear from, from their front office. So it's, we thought we had the first two picks locked in and we were ready to roll, but the, the Texans have definitely flipped that on its head. And, you know, to your point, this could be great for the Indianapolis Colts, but if you're the Houston Texans, you got to worry about the fact that you might have to play that dude twice a year. The, the guy that you said, ah, you know what, CJ Stroud, you're not good enough. We're going to let the Colts take you. And then we got to play you twice a year. That like, suck. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't want to do that. Same with the Tennessee Titans. If you, if the Titans trade up, you got to think, man, we might have to face Anthony Richardson twice a year with Derrick Henry behind him. Oh. I don't know if I want to do that. So uh, there's a lot of uh, you know psychology that goes into it for sure. It's the best telenovela that I've, I've been watching in a very long time. It's the best soap opera, Matt. That I I, I just I cannot wait for next week because I just want to see how this plays out. It's like everyone assumes that they know what the direction the team is going in, but we see it every single year. Teams kind of throw a wrench in the system and grab a guy that they value higher than most other teams. And, and so I can't wait. Like, like you said, Will Anderson, if you look at his betting line, it's three and a half. And the assumption is that he's going to go after the third pick in the draft because people assume it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in those top three. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see if the Bears end up trading that number nine pick. Now, the question I have for you, Matt, is what's the furthest down you would go if you were the Bears and you were entertaining a trade with any of the teams in the teens or 20s, early 20s for that matter, you know, how far back is too far back to go if you were to trade that number nine slot? I wouldn't want to go back past 16 maybe. Mm-hmm. That's where the commanders are at. 16 would probably be my floor. Just because I feel like there you can still get one of the offensive tackles, like Darnell Wright, the right tackle from Tennessee, you can still get one of the corners like uh, Joey Porter Jr., and you're probably still in range for a pass rusher. But, man, when you know, the, the math on it is anytime you trade back, so if you're going to trade back eight spots, you got to have nine players you like. You know, so you got to be confident that, okay, one of those guys is going to be there. I don't know that there are first-rounders in this class, so that's, that's where it gets tough. And we saw a poll, you know, last year, not have a first-round pick because of what the previous regime did. He went secondary in the second round, which surprised a lot of people. Everybody thought, oh, they'll go offensive line, they'll go receiver. They did not. And so I would say that about Poles is he's going to go value, and he's trying to build a team that can compete for a long time, not a short time. So I wouldn't be shocked if they roll into the season and say, Braxton Jones, fifth-round pick, graded out better than Orlando Brown Jr. did last year, and he's making $16 million a year for the Cincinnati Bengals. They might say, Year two, let's let's see what we've got with this very inexpensive left tackle. You know, we're going to roll with Tevin Jenkins on the right side. We've got Nate Davis in there now, and and they, you know, continuity is sometimes a brilliant thing for the offensive line. So, I think they could do that, but sixteen is my floor because I think you could still get a top tier corner or a top tier pass rusher at that spot. We're talking to Matt Miller here on six seventy to score. Gabe Ramirez. I'm looking at that number nine slot as well, Matt, and and I've heard people say, hey, like the Bears could take a cornerback at that spot as well. And, you know, you, you look at need, you look at talent, you know, best available, like a lot of people say. And I think for as a Bears fan, I'm like, well, I feel comfortable, not comfortable, I feel good 
about where we're at in the cornerback position. I feel like obviously there's glaring needs at other positions. Is that are there guys that are that talented where you just cannot pass them a cornerback specifically? You cannot pass them up at number nine if they were to come across uh, and be available there. Uh, uh, probably not. Devin Witherspoon from Illinois would be close because I love the way he plays. He is the toughest, meanest, 180-pound corner I've maybe ever seen. Uh, so I, I could see that. Like, gosh, he's just too good. You know, he could be Jair Alexander. You know, he could be that type of player. That'd be hard to pass on at nine, even with, you know, Kyler Gordon. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson's contract's coming up uh, in a year. So you have to think about, you know, is he your guy long-term? Are you going to give him a contract or, or are you drafted to replace him eventually? So um, Devin would be the only player at nine where I feel – and I can't imagine a scenario where he's still on the board. But if he were, I think that's the one player you would jump for. Okay, I just wanted, I wanted to make sure because I want to feel good about this. Matt. I feel like when, going into this, I'm so invested, more than I should be, and emotionally attached to this whole thing. But but I, I, I every time I hear – even an offensive lineman, I got to be honest, Matt. For me, like, just because, you know, I've talked to guys like Cole Kubelik who are like, you know, top heavy, you know, offense tackles, those guys are good. But, you know, there's some good ones out there as well uh, that, that you can get, you know, you know, if you were to be able to get back in, at, you know, in the 30s, you know, to have someone. That's why I asked yeah. you the defensive lineman question at the very beginning because that's where I'm leaning as a fan, as a, as a, as a, as a watcher of the Chicago Bears. I'm like, I, I, the defensive line was so bad last year. So bad, and of course the offensive line was bad, but 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 Justin was still putting up thirty points for a stretch run in the middle of the season. But but they couldn't win those games. Why? Because the defense sucked. And so I look at that. I look yeah. at that defensive line position, and I think to myself, there has to be more of a value placed on that for the Chicago Bears. But that's what I want to ask you. So in the in the in the latter rounds, obviously the Bears have a ton of picks within the first sixty four. Um, do you think there's there there are enough impact players that fall you know between those first sixty four that the Bears don't necessarily have to live in that space. I think so. I, I do think there's really good value in the in the second, third round of this draft, like there is for any any class, obviously, but especially at those positions, like you said. So if you're going to say, hey, we're going to take a pass rusher at nine because the defensive line it was not good last year and it really hasn't gotten better, then I think you can say, okay, we're going to go center in the second round. You know, get John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, get Joe Tittman from Wisconsin, and and – anchor the offensive line that way. You know, Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City, they got Creed Humphrey in the second round, anchored their offensive line. So I think that philosophy works really well. Find that find that guy that can be your, your plug for the next eight years. Um, but with that second second round pick, I do think that's where you can say, okay, where where's the value? You know, what what are we looking at? Is it a is it a running back? Is it uh, is it a corner like we're talking about to maybe replace Johnson eventually? Um, is it just filling out depth at that position? So I I do think in the first you know what, four in the first 64, you should walk out with four starters. I mean, that should be the expectation. That actually was – you just answered my very next question because, you know, I, I'm curious in a draft, in any given draft, Matt, how many starters, like, would you need in order to have a, quote-unquote, good draft? Well, Seattle last year, they got a left tackle, a right tackle, a running back, a corner – uh, those, those were starters. Right, right, that was right. pretty dang good. That was pretty good. The 2017 Saints, they had like six picks and five were starters. So I think it's if you can get five starters, we're talking A plus, like historic draft class uh, on a good team. You know, obviously we had some we had some Browns teams back in the day that were drafting like six starters, but the whole team was bad. So so that definitely mixes things up. All right, that makes sense. That, that that's good enough because you know. When when the Bears had Jaquan and Kyler last year, and then you put in Braxton Jones in that in that mix, it just it felt good. 
and I just want to feel good again. Yeah. So I'm just trying to see how many starters uh, they should actually have. All right, before I get you out of here, um, you know, last year did a college football gambling show, was watching incessantly, and B. John Robinson last year, before everybody was on his hype train, I was just like, with the eye test, Matt, I was simply like, this dude is better than everybody else, no matter what week it is. He's just always playing well. And so I was always scared when the first couple mock drafts were coming out months ago when they had him going to, you know, Kansas City later in the draft or the first round. They had him going to Buffalo. And I was like, please, somebody stop that. But then you hear all these rumors that, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking a good look at him at number 10. You've had a lot of people in Chicago because they're, you know, reading the hype train that's happening. And they're like, Bears might want to kick tires and take a look at that thing. Do you see Bijan being a top 10 pick? Or do you see him kind of falling to the latter half of the round and potentially fall into one of those teams that I mentioned? I think 10 is the earliest he could go to the Eagles, barring a surprise. Uh, but I, more likely, unfortunately, is probably the latter part of the first round, which is unfortunate because you're right. He was the best running back in college football the last three years. He's one of the cleanest running back prospects I've ever evaluated. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, he, he might have been the first pick in the draft. He's that good. The game has just changed. The economics have changed. So it's going to hurt his pocketbook the first time around, but he has the, the good to be a really special player. That's awesome. Matt, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. Thank you so much. Can't wait to talk to you again, all right? All right. Thanks so much. Of course, Matt Miller, NFL draft analyst and insider, hanging out with us here on 670 to score. I love stuff like that. I love what he said about, you know, the Bears at, at number nine, how far back he'd want the Bears to go. 16, to me, that was important just because, I mean, clearly he understands the value of all these guys that are coming out, so he knows where that cutoff is. And Ryan Poles talked about that too a lot. Talked about the tiers of guys that are out there. So he has his own tier. So, again, telenovela, that just means soap opera in, in Spanish. That This is the number one, like, if this was a Netflix show, this is all I'd be watching right now is – the Bears lead up to the Bears draft. Like, I'm waiting for, you know how, like, when there's a big fight on HBO, they do those, like, weekly shows where they're, I want one of those. Somebody, I want Kevin Warren on his first day yesterday. I want I want to see Ryan Poles. I want to know what the conversations are. I want little snippets of of the, the, the pre-draft meetings with some of these players. I want it all. Just a random comparison, but is it essentially, like, a draft version of Hard Knocks? Yes. Like, behind the scenes of every team in the draft meetings. But only the Bears. <laughs> that just I don't want everyone. I just want I just want the Bears. Bears don't want to be on hard knocks, but I wish they were on like draft knocks. Knocking up the draft. No, I, I don't have enough time to think about a good one. All right. Uh we are going to continue the conversation because, you know, former Bear Allen Robinson has made his way to the Pittsburgh Steelers via trade with the Los Angeles Rams. And the Twitter sphere is going crazy thinking that, I mean, not thinking, kind of just stating that uh, a member of the Chicago Bears, who was a member of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, Chase Claypool, that the Steelers just look like a, a an amazing organization because of it. I want to talk a little bit about the Clay, Claypool-Allen Robinson comparison on the other side and, and see if, in fact, the Bears got the, the shorter end of that stick with that trade. Uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll discuss that on the other side. All right, hang out with me. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. A Simeon with the deep throw. Launch Claypool. Chase Claypool has the catch. Walking against Sauce Gardner. Bears fans have been waiting for Claypool to make an impact after they got him in a trade from Pittsburgh. He's got this one for 31 yards. Shout out to Fox for that little highlight right there. That was when Claypool just went up and 
snagged it against Sauce Gardner. And the reason I wanted to play that clip was because when I'm on Twitter right now seeing all the the the, the Claypool bashing from Pittsburgh fans as they just traded for Allen Robinson, like 10 tweets that are at the top say, at least finally we got somebody that can go up and get it at the high point. And I'm thinking to myself, are you are you talking about Allen Robinson? Are we talking about the same Allen Robinson? Because the Allen Robinson that I seen in Chicago and the Allen Robinson that I seen play for the Los Angeles Rams is not that dude. So of course I'm, I'm of course I'm biased because I'm a Bears fan, and you know I mean I, I want to make it seem as though we, the Bears got the better end of that trade. But uh, here's just a couple of tweets, just a, just a couple. All right, uh, this is from uh, Zimmerman SXM. The Steelers got Allen Robinson for nothing. And the 32nd pick for Chase Claypool, this is why good organizations stay near the top of their conferences every year. Shots fired. That was a tough one. Uh, Joe Cowley, uh, who I love dearly, said the difference. Robinson is coming to the Steelers on flipping seven-round picks, and the Rams paying are paying $10 million. Let's not forget that, right? They're still paying a large lump sum for him. Claypool came over for the number 32 pick, and I'm going to go on a limb and say it's a little different, especially since Robinson had a better season. Now, when you're looking at stats for the two wide receivers, and Listen, I'd love for you to chime in. 312-644-6767. Tyler Farangal, super producer today, is going to clear the lines for you guys so that way you can call in. And and if if you'd like, if maybe you you don't want to necessarily call in, uh, feel free to text in as well. Who would you prefer to have, an Allen Robinson or a Chase Claypool? The answer is simple. It's Chase Claypool. That's the answer. Now, you can, of course, I'm I'm taking out the fact that the Bears traded away a 30-second pick for him. All right, that's debatable. That part's debatable. But when you're really trying to put them side by side to Chase Claypool and Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson is like the guy that's driving around a 1984 BMW right now talking about, I got a BMW. Hey, girl, you want me to pick you up? I got a Beamer. And then he pulls up in the 84 Beamer, and you're like, dude, it's cherry red. What are you doing? They don't even make that anymore, right? Now, Chase Claypool, I'm not necessarily saying that he's some sort of, you know, Kia Telluride. But he's a he's a nicer he's a nicer car nonetheless. Maybe like a 2006 BMW for that matter. Let me tell you guys some stats here. Uh, again, Claypool or, or Allen Robinson. Love for you guys to chime in. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Allen Robinson. Here's here's his last three years. Last year with the Rams, thirty three catches, three hundred and thirty nine yards. I feel like. There are some receivers in the league that did that in a game, it felt like. Justin Jefferson, something like that. Three touchdowns. 2021 with the Bears, 38 catches, 410 yards, one tutty. 2020 with the Bears, which is shocking to me. 102 catches, 1,200 yards, six tutties? Damn, I forgot. I must have forgot about that season. But when you go look at Chase Claypool, last year, uh, 46 catches to Allen Robinson's 33. He had only 450 yards to Allen Robinson's 339. And he only had one touchdown, which sucks. But he's playing for the Bears last year. Bears sucked. Let's be very, let's be honest, right? And he had like, you know, he didn't have the best quarterbacks throwing to him. But the two years prior, when he was, or his first two seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 62 catches and 59 uh, respectively in, in each year. 873, 860 in, in both those years, and then nine touchdowns and two touchdowns. Big fall off from the touchdown uh, department there. Um, but it's got to be Claypool just because of what can happen. 6'4", 238, 
24 years old. And let's be very clear here. 24 years old. Allen Robinson on the other side. I can't believe 29 is old. This is what happens when you get older, like in your own personal life. And then t- football years are different than person. Like 29, all of us would, not all of us, majority of us would wish we were 29 again. Allen Robinson's 29, and you're like, dude, he's 29. It's over the hill. Let's go to the phone lines, man. 312-644-6767. We got Costa out in Skokie. What's up, man? Good to talk to you again. Uh, do you think uh, Claypool or Allen Robinson in this situation? Oh, honestly, 100% it's, it's Claypool for many reasons, right? How many times did we watch Mitch or the other quarterbacks throw it to Allison in the end zone on 50-50 balls, and he would get picked off? Every seven multiple times that I could remember, which is absolutely ridiculous, right? Claypool 6-4, like you said. Plus, we got DJ Moore now, and Mooney will be back, so it's going to clear up a lot of one-on-one shots, and let's be honest, Justin Fields is more active than the other guys that Allison, Allen Robinson had. Plus, Allen Robinson last season was, no offense, complete garbage. So, if you take all of them into consideration, right, like, Claypool went 50-50 on. Sauce Garner was one of the better safeties out there and, you know, made a 31-yard catch. Do you think – do I think Allen Robinson could do that now? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, I think 100%. 100% Claypool, just for the reasons you said, right, 6'4", 2-something, going to have a full offseason with the way Fields works and the way he grinds. I think they're going to be on a better page, right? Um, and I think overall, yeah, I think Claypool is the better option. Sure, we lost a 30-second pick, but I trust in polls to recuperate that somehow. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on that. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for the call, Coaster, man. And I mean, you bring up, great, bring up some great points. And I think that, listen, we can't – you cannot have this conversation. Now we can go to the debatable part, right? Claypool for the 30-second pick, especially with us being nine days out from the NFL draft. We have to look at the landscape of the wide receiver position in free agency as well as the draft. It sucks. You hear everybody talking about it, Right? So, yeah, the 30-second pick, think about there's going to be a run on wide receivers in the middle of the first round. A run. Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, they're going to be gone by the 30-second pick. Maybe Quentin Johnston, you see some mock drafts that he, you know, makes it to, like, the, the beginning of the second round. But you think the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, teams that are you know, trying to put more offense on the, you know, more offensive production, more points on the board, they're going to pass up on these top-tier receivers? Absolutely not. And the issue with the with the draft class is that after those four or five guys, that's it. Everyone else is just like a helper. There's no one that's, that's dominant. So Chase Claypool is going to be better than any wide receiver that's available at 32. Let's make that very clear. And so that's what you're doing. So when you're having this debate and you're having this discussion, does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Because a 30-second pick is so valuable right now. But, again, you, have to, you, you cannot have that debate without having that discussion. Who are you going to get in free agency at the wide receiver position? Nobody. That's why they went out and got D.J. Moore, and he was such a, a, an important component to that trade with the Carolina Panthers from 1 to 9. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm defending. People call me an apologist all the time. Well, then I'm sorry that your feelings are hurt that the Bears gave up the 30-second pick. Yeah, it's valuable. We know this. But you would have gotten an offensive lineman there or a defensive lineman, and you'd still be complaining about the wide receiver group that, ha- that would only have had D.J. Moore and uh, Darnell Mooney. And Dante Pettis, what, you would have been happy with that? Absolutely not. You, 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 you scoffed at it when you saw it go across your Twitter feed that the Bears re-signed Dante Pettis. You're like, what? Equinemius St. Brown, oh, you want, you want them to run that back? 
Stop it. It's ridiculous. Let me take one more call. James from Joliet. Claypool or Allen Robinson? What are you thinking, James? How you doing? I'm thinking uh, Claypool, but solely because of the age. If you take away the age, each receiver at their best, I'm taking Allen Robinson. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, because that's a great point. Hold on, I just want to – do you think Chase Claypool has – has already played at his best. See, because for me, I think I think there's still a level to go. So I think we I, haven't I think even witnessed it is, yet. I, I, th- I agree with you. I think there could be a level that he could reach, uh, you know, beyond where he's at now. But I also feel that the Steelers are a great organization in terms of evaluating talent. And I think it does say something that they were so quick to move off of him. Similar to New England and who was it, Nikhil Harry? Or mm-hmm. what was that receiver? Yeah, yeah Nikhil Harry. Yeah, from New England? Yep. I think that's similar where they probably saw something that maybe other teams aren't seeing. And if you look at the Steelers' track record with receivers, they have probably one of the best track records with receivers. I mean, the list goes on. A.B., Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, like they can evaluate talent at the the wideout position. And maybe they saw something in in Claypool. I mean, to your point, he's got the the measurements. 6'4", you know, two. 210 or whatever he is. And 238. I haven't looked up his. Uh, I got you. I got, oh, his, okay. I got, I got his uh, little statue here in front of me. Yeah. 238. I haven't looked up his 40 a couple months ago, and I was kind of <laughs> shocked that he ran such a, a, a good 40 for his size. So I will, I will he, say he's that. He's got the intent, you know, the measurements. But yeah. James, let me, let me, let me say this. You're bringing, up, you're bringing up a great point. You're bringing up a, a great point, and it's, it's a really good one that makes me purse my lips, which is the fact that the Steelers are, are a good organization. They have been really good with drafting. Um, wide receivers, and for them to get rid of them, it, it, it says a lot. And I, I think for me, and I think we've seen it, Chase Claypool can be very cocky, right? Hey, Ryan Poles made the best decision ever by trading a second-round pick. I'm going to prove everybody that's Like saying things like that. Do I think I'm a top-tier receiver when he's sitting in the roundtables with former NFL players? He says that. So I could see where that would rub a guy like Mike Tomlin and the squad the wrong way, right? Just like a Mason Rudolph where you, you, you're seeing them and you're like, this doesn't fit into the Steeler culture, which is very team-centric. And so I think that's where Chase Claypool, but he's 24. James, we can, we can look back. Thanks for the call, by the way. Um, we can look back at when we were 24. And what happens when you're 24? You think you, ha- you, think you know everything. You think you got to figure it out. You think you, you are there, but then you, it takes you to the, like, you're, you're the 26, 7, 8-ish, where you start to realize you don't know crap and you want to be more receptive and you want to be a little bit more humble and i'm just hoping he gets to that to that space that's all i'm saying oh i can't wait for more bears i just can't i just can't wait i talk about this stuff all day uh but we are going to switch gears on the other side andy martinez is going to be hanging out with us at 720 he covers the chicago cubs for the marquee network of course cubs playing at 840 against the oakland a's Uh, that's going to be here on 670 the score as well as the xfinity cubs network i'll make sure you guys are here for that uh, but on the other side, we're going to hear from uh, David Ross. We're going to hear from I, uh, Ian Happ, or excuse me, N- Nico Horner. And then I, I have a debate in my mind that has to do with some, some star players in the NBA. We'll see if we get to that as well. All that's coming up on the other side at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.